0: This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go,
1: grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. We're going to throw an audible today to your listeners. We were expecting to do Are There Guardian Angels today, but with the election and with the surprise of the results of the election, we're going to get our thoughts about the election. Mm. What do you think about that, Michael?
0: I have more thoughts than a Q&A podcast could possibly uh, communicate. So, yeah,
1: and you and I have both been talking to all kinds of people about that today.
0: <laughs> it's, it's we're a, up
1: late last night oh, watching yeah. the results and I'm on a couple and, hours
0: of sleep. All right. Hey, so let's talk about what we do now. Tuesday night was the most unexpected turn of events I've ever seen on television. I agree. As Chicago Cubs fans, we just won the World <laughs> Series after 108 years, and I was watching the World Series. My heart felt like it was going to burst out of my chest. <laughs> and I'm from Detroit. I don't even. I can't even imagine what a diehards, born and bred Cubs fan must have been feeling. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, does entertainment get any better, <laughs> any better than this? Right. Right. Even if I'm a Cleveland Indians fan, right? They lost. So even if I'm a Cleveland Indians fan. I am still, like, blown away by what has been happening. That's right. I thought to myself, I don't know if in my lifetime I'm going to see something as emotionally turbulent as Game 7 of the 2016 World Series between the Chicago Cubs World Champions and the Cleveland Indians. Until.
1: Until last night. night.
0: Yeah. So here's a biggie. I don't know if you know this, but Donald Trump is going to be the president of the United States. President-elect Trump. Here's a couple things that we know that we know. America does not like Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. Right. <laughs>
1: this is this is kind of crazy. And that's the crazy thing about all the news, all the media people yep. have been saying that, that, mm-hmm. hey, they can't think of any time of any election of, at the presidential yeah. level yep. where two candidates were disliked so much yep. by the majority of the Americans.
0: Yes, but there is a takeaway here that I think is profound. Whether you're on the right Or you're on the left or somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. I think what I'm about to say is going to be hard to disagree with. Every poll was wrong. Yeah. And not just wrong, crazy wrong. Like wrong on levels- that no polling has ever been wrong before.
1: I totally agree. And, and, here, and what does that say about our media and about polling? Here's what it tells me. It tells me that the
0: political machine is so corrupt and that the liberal media bias, even the infrastructure of polling, is so corrupt that they can't even get accurate. Polling is a science. These are it mathematicians. That's correct. Who are very smart. They're smarter than you and I, right? <laughs> I don't get to be the armchair mathematician throwing stones at him. Here's what I know. No, no one is this wrong unless it's corrupt. Mm. And I, I'm going to put this out. The, the very thing that got... Donald Trump voted into office is this very corruption where the entire liberal media machine so wanted Hillary Clinton to win, um, the pop culture machine did, the media. this This was for Hillary to the point where even the polls were clearly skewed to give the American public the illusion that there's no chance that Donald Trump could win. On top of that, okay, the liberal media machine has put so much fear into the hearts of rural and common America, even to the point where here's what I know. People that I know who support Trump will not say it on Facebook. They will not say it out loud. They will not tell their friends. I I agree. Because there is a culture of fear. So these pollers, they go out and they're trying to figure out who are you voting for? And no one is going to tell them the truth because they're afraid of the backlash. Right. So privately, they hide their real opinions and go out. This entire thing. Is a It is one big black mark on the liberal machine from the people who run the polling industry to the fear mongers in the media to the liberal elites who all over Facebook are slamming and, I mean, just ridiculing anybody who is even thinking about voting for Trump. That being said, as big of a butthead as he is, okay? <laughs> she is just as corrupt. She, yes. I mean, just as. That's an understatement. She is thoroughly corrupt. Yes. We know this. And – it is amazing to me that the moment a conservative steps up and calls out a liberal on social media, I mean, people just pounce. Oh, it yeah. is an unbelievable thing. Watching quote unquote Christians who go online today and they call anyone who voted for Trump ignorant, uneducated, stupid, And, the and things that, that I've been reading, v- what? that was the very That's the thing problem.
1: that the liberal media was accusing Trump and Trump supporters of. They were accusing Trump Crazy. supporters of inciting riots and hate speech and everything, and yet that's exactly what we yep. saw the I, I liberal know of, side doing. I know of about five
0: people who felt comfortable talking about their political views on social media. I do not know one single liberal who with hesitation spoke their full and candid views and derogatorily spoke of other people. I'm just gonna mm. now I'm not here to say liberals bad, conservatives good. I'm just saying that the net effect of the liberal pop culture machine has spilled over into social media and our common spheres of influence and our daily conversations to the point where all of their polling and math, they underestimated how afraid people were to get up and say what they thought publicly. But privately, when they go vote, they said, you know what? Forget you. We're going to do what we want to do. And in this voting booth, I'm not afraid. Mm -hmm. And I I think this is a huge indictment on a culture of, of fear. Now, that being said, I'm not going to advocate Donald Trump's bullying. I'm not going to mm, advocate right? the way he speaks about people who disagree with him. Yeah. But what he has not done is he has not controlled the pop culture machine of fear that if you are conservative, you are a racist and you are a bigot and you are all of these other things that liberals freely throw at freely conservatives. Freely accuse them freely of. Freely do. Yeah. Again, what I'm trying to indict right now is the culture around the liberal machine. Okay. Now, if we want to talk about the culture around the conservative, Issues, different issues. Yes. But here's what's not happening they're not controlling the safety of the conversation in personal conversations on public or social media and in the news. Right. I'm just putting that out there for you. I think most of the people I talk to are absolutely petrified to say what they actually think about what's going
1: on because of what might happen to them what might, what might happen to them yeah, yeah. the repercussions of speaking speaking
0: yep. what they feel yep and that is that is sad if you want to vote for hillary clinton fine if you want to no. vote for bernie sanders fine and if you want to vote for donald trump fine right but the last thing that you need to do you being generic you liberal or conservative is do bash somebody over the head and call them ignorant or stupid Because they don't agree with your opinion. This is the whole point of what the American experience is. It's like you are actually free to have a voice and to say it and to say what you think and to not be punished, whether socially, on social media, publicly, or in the media otherwise. But I think this
1: election demonstrates the general public of the United States and how they feel about the liberal media, because whether they came out in their polling exit you know Mm -hmm. when when they left the poll and and did they truly speak their mind did they really say who they really voted for or did they not say Mm -hmm. and skew the polls so therein is the question and this is the thing that surprises me and uh, and maybe it shouldn't surprise me our country could see through the media at 7.45 last night, I walked in the door at 7.45, turned the TV on. They were already predicting that Hillary had 240 electoral votes. And I thought, oh my, hmm. it's over. It's 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 done. Yep. Hillary is going to win. She only needs a couple of states. Florida looked like at that yep. time it was going to go to Hillary. And I think by the media predicting that so early that a lot of Hillary supporters felt like Well, then I don't even need to go out and vote. There is no reason for me to vote because they had already (laughs) given the election to Hillary. And so there was no need to even go to the polling to vote. Mm. And I think that also incited conservatives or Trump fans. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, my goodness, we've got to get out and we've got to get our vote. And the thing that surprised me in PBS, which is typically is slanted liberal. Mm -hmm. I hope that doesn't offend anyone, but they're typically slammed in that direction. They said something that really was encouraging for me as a pastor. They said, for the first time, conservative evangelical Christians have come out in droves Hmm. for this presidential election more so than any other presidential election in the last 10 or 15 elections.
0: Let's help our audience empathize for a moment. And why the majority of conservative evangelicals vote Republican, even in the face of someone like Donald Trump. What we have not done technically, despite our episode yesterday, is tell you who we actually, you and me, actually put on a ballot, right? Yes. And I do think that some people would be surprised either way if they heard how you or I landed. And Mm -hmm. that's fine. So we'll keep people in like a nice little illusion (laughs) of what might be, you know? But there are three issues that are on the hearts of almost every evangelical that I know. Okay. Number one, the Supreme Court realizing the power to change American culture. Anybody who says the Supreme Court is just recognizing what already is, no, whenever you I legislate disagree, yeah. law, you're legislating morality and you're yep. setting the moral trajectory for the next generation. Evangelicals are looking at the moral trajectory as it relates to the things that are closest to the heart of God. Yes. And they're saying- I'm concerned. I may not like Trump. I may not even know if he's going to do what he says. But I know Hillary
1: will do what We, she we know says. what Hillary has said she is going to do. Right. And, and, and Trump has already put forth names that he is going to push towards the the judge. Yep. yep. So, number one is Supreme, Supreme, Court,
0: Supreme Court. Number two is the issue of abortion. Yeah. Mind-numbing to me how she can, in her closing speech, we just sat in uh, Dan's kitchen and listened to her closing speech. Right. And her and Tim Kaine articulating her passion for children, and yet she can be pro-choice.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, to me, it's a mind-numbing contradiction. Let's just
1: call it what it is. It's pro-abortion.
0: Right. And so, very simply, the Christian, the evangelical conservative Christian is deeply concerned about this, particularly when the majority of the country right now is not pro-choice. They're not pro-choice pro-abortion correct even though the laws reflect one thing the laws are not able to we'll just say change what intuitively the majority of americans understand that a baby in the womb is a human being who needs to be protected because they are they are the least Mm -hmm. so the evangelical is saying that's an issue for me and the third issue that the conservative evangelical is actually waiting for and i'm not saying that this is good or right But they're deeply concerned about free speech and the ability for the local church to to be completely free publicly, not just to say what we think, but to preach publicly and freely on every platform what we think without fear or retribution that we have entered into unsafe emotional space for liberal college students, right? Mm -hmm. Is it the church's job to be concerned about whether the government is going to preserve our free speech or not. That's a different discussion, but I can tell you that the majority of evangelical Christians do not have confidence that if the liberal government continues to move in that direction, that our free speech and our right to worship freely are going to be protected. Those are the three biggies, the Supreme Court, abortion, and the future of free speech in the church that There is no confidence. And and so you can say, oh, Christians are ignorant and that's why they voted for Trump. No, you're not empathizing. All I'm saying is that the liberal who is not happy with this, who's frustrated at the evangelical church, is failing to understand what is motivating the vast majority of evangelicals. The Supreme Court speaks to our deep concern for the moral future of our children and the context they grow up in. Abortion speaks to our heart for the unborn and the least and the and, and just the reality of the murder that is happening to children and our love for the local church and our desire that we would be able to continue to be a bright, shining light without fear of the government uh, motivates a lot of Christians. And I, I'm gonna, I think so. I'm going to say, you know what? Those things are not evil. And you may not like a lot of Republican policies, but I find most Christians voting less and less on issues of economy and... A number of other issues. And they are voting more about life. Mm-hmm. And they're voting more about the church. And those are the things that are really driving them uh, in significant ways. So I, I say that to all my liberal friends to say, stop throwing these terrible phrases at your conservative Christian buddies who are voting for Donald Trump. That's why they're not being honest with you. That's why they're not telling you what you th- they think. Mm-hmm. is because you're being so bombastic to them and what's
1: going to be interesting is now that the election has already you know been been decided what about the people and i won't say whether they're christians non christians the people that now have been trump supporters in the closet Mm -hmm. are they going to come out now and say hey i voted for him no they're not Or or are they going to hold back and and not no because the social pressure
0: has not changed yeah that they're going to be closet Trump supporters. Here's what this creates. When you create fear-mongering environments, which I'm going to be honest, Donald Trump in his own way has done this in his, own com- in his own context, right? Sure has. I am not giving him an out right now. But here's what's going to happen. They're all going to say something like this. Man, I can't believe you won, but he's my president now. secretly they went to the ballot box and they voted and a ton of them are going to lie. They're going, man, I didn't vote for him, but I didn't vote for Hillary. And it's like, okay, well then you didn't vote because the third party candidates did not get, they didn't even come close. I mean, we know the majority of you voted for Donald Trump. We get that now in terms of the evangelical, um, masses, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever word that is. So what do we do? Trump supporters stop gloating. It's done. This has been ugly and disgusting and nasty. Hillary supporters, Stop throwing out negative, terrible comments to people on Facebook. I appreciate Hillary's posture in her final speech. I thought uh, she said exactly what I would say if I was in her shoes. Donald is our president. Yes. Keep working. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's going to be another election. And if you don't like what he does and you don't like his policies and you don't like the direction he's taking our country, then vote him out. Which That's is right. What we have the freedom to do as an mm-hmm. American people. So I appreciated her posture. And, and I
1: appreciated Donald's acceptance speech last night. Yep. I thought for the first time, he seemed to be very presidential. He he gave- a, <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Now the first he, time the, is the, time. when he becomes the yeah. president-elect. But you know what? I watched a lot of different media last night and it was interesting to say see this and then hear what commentators were saying. And they were saying the very same thing about Barack Obama mm. eight years ago. They were saying that until he was named- President-elect Obama, something clicked. Something, something changed, changed yep. instantly. And I think we saw that same thing change in Donald last night. Yep. When he was given the news that he is President-elect Trump, yep. he became much more presidential, much more humble, much more conciliatory toward yep. Hillary. And he just, for the first time, he gave me a confidence That personally I lacked before Mm. then.
0: I spent my night watching MSNBC and CNN primarily (laughs) and uh, really just curious how they were going to articulate this entire experience from Rachel Maddow to Wolf Blitzer to Anderson Cooper and um, all notorious liberals. Yes. I totally understand that. And I got to give them all credit. Their self-control, their attitude was awesome. I was, they were shocked. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Oh, yeah. Everybody. I mean, Fox news was shocked. Everybody was shocked, yeah. but I, I got to give it to the liberal media last night because they did not play games. They owned it. Yeah. They called it what it is. They did not go down this. Like, oh, I can't believe it. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. They didn't do any of
1: that. I tell you, I watched ABC. Yep. It was a different picture. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. What happened on ABC? Oh, I didn't a- watch it.
1: Oh, ABC. It was a uh, and brimstone from the commentators. They were upset. They were mad. They they clearly demonstrated that. Wow. They came as America's close. America's broadcasting company, right? For me, yeah. it was as close as they could to browbeating Democrats for not coming out and voting and supporting Hillary better. Yeah, I just didn't see and it, it like on CNN. And I didn't see
0: it on MSNBC. And MSNBC is notoriously the most liberal, you know? Yeah. And I got to give it to him. If, if uh, the media can take that kind of posture and Donald Trump can— take the posture he took of conciliatory and kind. And if he can really practice what he said, which is he wants to be the president of all Americans, doesn't mean all Americans are going to like his policies, but at least you can, you can handle your life and your rhetoric and your posture and your demeanor in a way that is honoring to the office of the president of the United States, which is amazing. If everybody does what they say they're going to do, it doesn't mean we're going to agree. We can disagree on policy. We're not going to like everything. That's, that's America. That's fine. You disagree, you know, but if they can have an attitude of kindness, that's going to be awesome. Sure, And it really could be an interesting next four years. I do think I and you and the rest of America is done talking trash. And yeah. so uh, I'd like to just say, I'd like to talk about other things now. Yeah. And I am pretty committed to, if you voted for Hillary Clinton, I love you. <laughs> if you voted for Donald Trump, I love you. If you yes. voted for a third party candidate. Okay. Yeah. I love you. You so voted just, your conscience. You voted your conscience. So as Village Church pastors teaching the Village Church Q&A podcast, I can't force you to do anything, but you have to stand before your God with a clean and clear conscience. And if we can help you do that, then I'm excited for that. And then when it's all said and done, if we can help you be a person who is flowing with love and grace and Mm -hmm. kindness and feel things and have emotions and have passion and have opinions, but if your opinions cause you to be a jerk— well, then just shut up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With all due respect, let's just not say it, you know?
1: Here's one thing that really surprised me, and I want to challenge our listeners to this. If our listeners are evangelical Christians that are conservative, one thing that the, the numbers point out to is we live in a country that is almost divided right down the middle. There was less than 200,000 votes that separated Hillary and Donald. As of
0: and, now, is 92% of the vote yeah. in, and she's up in the popular vote by 200K. Yeah.
1: She mm-hmm. won the popular vote by less than a half a percent mm-hmm. in the entire nation. So it clearly speaks to- And it to, could go up or down in the and next it could. 48 hours, yeah. And what that tells me, as an evangelical Christian, as someone who knows God's word, I have to graciously reach out to those that have a difference of opinion. And maybe there are some evangelical Christians that are voting that voted Hillary's side. Okay, that's fine. But clearly, we're coming at a worldview from two different sides. I have to speak up and I have to, in grace, challenge and encourage more of a conservative uh, worldview when it comes to politics when it comes to policies, when it comes to the way in which we live our life, because Democrat, Republican, they are looking at life issues, for the most part, in two different lenses. They are seeing things in two different ways. And if you're a conservative Christian, you cannot be so afraid to speak up, but again, not in hate, not in Mm -hmm. anger, not in fire and brimstone, not in venomous speech towards the other side. but a gracious and a kind and a truthful engagement with those that see things differently. It doesn't
0: matter who the candidate is. If they're going to be pro-choice, I'm going to speak loudly against
1: it and against them. And I'm going to
0: try to call them on the table and use my sphere of influence as limited as it might be. Yeah. And I want to make sure that every Christian understands that one of our greatest callings, one of the greatest measures of whether or not the church has been faithful is our defense of the murder of unborn That's children. right. Like, that's just, we, we, we've got to get involved in this. That's just going to be huge. So, yeah, I agree. Well, what do you say, Tim? We stop answering questions in the election. What do you say? We just put I think we a we on. on it. And yeah. we say, it's hey, done, it's in two over with, let's move years, on. Right. I think that's all I got. Dan, you got anything to say? No? Good? He gives us the thumbs up. Tim, you're good? Uh, we're good. What the should listeners... we
1: talk about tomorrow? Well, tomorrow we're going to talk about what is your longest sermon. <laughs> that's crazy. We, bo- we both <laughs> have spoken long sermons. Amen. In the past. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Join us next time, listeners.